welcome to episode 131 of the Cinefessions podcast. Tonight we have Ash Collins, Mark Nadeau, and I oh. am Brandon Chowan. Ooh. Ash, how is oh, hold, on, hold on, hold, hold on. So I'm still second. So second you gave yourself the bronze tonight. I did. That's on you. I, I know. I know. I felt that y'all deserved to be one and two. <laughs> and I deserve to be three. So I switched it up. And that's that's the way it it fell out. I hope that's gonna be okay. Is this how it feels like when you're flying? Because like this is weird, man. <laughs> this is really weird. Oh man. So Ash, how is everything going for you this evening? Swimmingly. Excellent. And Mark, how about you? I'm fucking tripping out right now. I I I, 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 I are you pranking me? Is there a camera? <laughs> this is, this oh, is crazy. Took the shrooms before the show. I asked this him is not crazy. to, but he did it anyway. So, Ash, you know, I haven't heard. Did you ever sell your house? No. It's still for sale. Some of you, one of you fuckers out there, come to Finland. <laughs> buy my goddamn house. Oh, Ugh. man. What a pain in the ass. I know. Are you, but you're fully in. Are you in your new place? No, we haven't. We didn't okay. have the money. Uh, what we're we're doing right now is we're apartment hunting for a place oh, closer okay. to where I work and until the house sells. And then once the house sells, you know, we'll wait for our lease to be up and then we're going to yeah. uh, house hunt for real. So. Okay. Gotcha. Crazy. That is, that sucks. It's a pain in the ass. I know. Man. Oh, man. And I, I won't even. Mark, Mark is so fucking salty. I'm not even going to bring up the NHL. So we'll just move on because I'm he's so sal- salty. I'm a salty fucking dog. You have he no is, idea man. how. Don't fuck with a Canadian <laughs> when it comes to hockey. You know because I actually listened. Team, right? <laughs> I listened to the podcast beginning because I had to make sure what fucking movie I had to review tonight, <laughs> and. Uh, Every single word I said was the exact mirror opposite of exactly what happened. <laughs> so I couldn't have been any wronger than I was a week ago. Um, no, it's not. It's not all right. <laughs> You're right, I, but I don't care. So it's totally fine. It's it's not all right. I'm even oh. like my my big boss at work today asked me if it was okay to talk about him. Like, you know, I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> and he never came back to my desk. So. Yeah, I yeah. don't blame him. I'm still him. Uh, uh, my feelings. Well, actually, if I had feelings, they'd be boiling right now. <laughs> because uh, this is a movie podcast, uh, and there's no uh, there's no need to talk about sports on the movie podcast. So let's move on to oh, uh, our first uh, item at hand here. That we shall. <laughs> uh, fuck. That we shall. I, I'm sweating how upset I am right now. But... <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway. Yeah, there might be a little bit of bite in the podcast tonight. <laughs> a just a oh, bit. Just like last week, man. Oh man, I'm I'm ready for it this week. I brought my uh, I brought my my fucking uh, your headgear. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. Yeah, your headgear and your condoms. That's all yes. you need. Amen. <laughs> Gotta have that rubber. All uh, right. So tonight we are continuing through our complete psycho arc, or our spending time with Norman Arc, with a review of what will now be our second made-for-TV film. Psycho 4, The Beginning, from 1990. Before all that, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the show at 1-302-448-TALK. 
That's 1-302-448-8255. You can also check out our long list of past reviews and all 131 podcast episodes right on over at Cinefessions.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a review. You know, you know I, I've been calling it iTunes, but I think actually it's called Apple Podcasts now. So I'm like three years in the past. So <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I just realized that when I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about Apple Podcasts. And you're like, you know what? You're right. I didn't click iTunes to listen to this podcast episode. I, list, I clicked on podcasts. So whatever the case is, leave us a review there. You don't even have to write anything nowadays. You can just push that fifth star and leave us a five-star review and then move on with your day. Uh, so we really appreciate you doing that if you decide to do that. And also, uh, we appreciate if you tell your friends about the show. The more people that know about us, the more people that can listen, and the more people that can tune in every week, just like you do. So we appreciate you taking the time to do uh, both of those items for us. All right. So, Ash, what have you been doing this past week in the world of media or whatever you want to talk about? <clears throat> well, not hockey. Um Clearly. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so I didn't actually do a whole lot media-wise. Um, I haven't really been watching much uh, or anything else. Um, I got heavy into Pokemon Go again, so we were out raiding and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's I, random as hell. Good for you. Yeah, well, you know, it's nice out. So, and then, right. uh, yeah, exercise too. You know, Exactly, that. that's awesome. Um, and then, uh, we hit up, um, we went bowling one night and everything else. Yeah, it's... Look at you getting out of the fucking house. That is completely counter to what we do here at the podcast, <laughs> and I'm a little disappointed about hey, it. Hey, you know, I I got to watch my wife almost murder someone with a bowling ball, though, so there is that. <laughs> <laughs> Worth they, it. They didn't, they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have, um, balls that were, yeah, they had heavy balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh... They, uh, yeah, they had all their ball, all the balls that, that fit her hand ratio were too, uh, too heavy. So like oh. toward the end of the night, she went to go, go launch the ball and the ball went the wrong way. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it That's was like hilarious. that little, it was like that little scene in we, you know, we bowling where they all, ah! Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Very uh, good. Yeah, we hit up uh, Toys R Us because ours is still technically open in Lima okay. and nearby. So yeah. we were we hit up them and I got um, Star Wars Battlefront two for half off uh, and a nice. couple other little things. Nothing, uh, you know, just kind of you know, just a little couple of knickknacks. Nothing, nothing beyond that. But uh, yeah, and we got yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen two for that. So okay. Yeah. I saw yeah, you I'd, playing a good amount of uh, Battlefront 2. Yeah, it I like it. Um I'm glad I didn't pay full price for it, but I'm mm-hmm. also coming in like a year later, so like yeah. all the free DLC is out and everything else. I am kind of annoyed though because while it was downloading, I played through the single player campaign and I have all the okay. credit for it, like it's all unlocked in the game and everything. Mm-hmm. Not a single damn trophy for doing it until I until I oh. updated the game. And I don't have any of the credit for actually having done it with all their other shit in there. And I'm like, really? The only other bitch I have... Yeah, I mean, the gameplay is good. It plays good. It looks amazing. My only other bitch about it is that it's almost a 90 gig install on my PS4. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. 90 gig. It's almost 90 fucking gigs. Yeah, that's more than Mass Effect. It's almost more than Mass Effect Andromeda and Dragon Age Inquisition combined. 
I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, it looks, so, I, 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 you know, and it might be the price we pay for having it look so fucking amazing, but mm-hmm. still, that's a lot of fucking space. But so that's pretty much been, you know, my, my weekend media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out, out hunting Pokemon and shooting stormtroopers. So <laughs> yeah, I don't really, pi- I don't picture you as like an online FPS guy at all. So it surprises me that you're into Battlefront too. Well, and Battlefront isn't quite the same as like most of the other online first-person shooters. Most of the time, like I like it because it's Star Wars, but right. it, it plays differently than your typical online first-person shooter. Plus, um, the uh, the offline, you know, that was the reason I didn't get the first Battlefront is they didn't have really an offline mode. Yeah, you, know, you right. had to be online all the time. This one actually has like a pretty decent campaign. Uh, offline campaign for it so and that's that's why i want to get it. you know i say that but i shouldn't be too surprised because i'm not an online fps i play F- first person shooters all the time but i play them for the story which sounds ridiculous but that's what i do but star wars battlefront the first one i actually played a, a good deal online and so you're right it just, just it feels different than a lot of them and it's, it's a lot of fun um what about the microtransactions that's why i've not purchased the game yet but I'm, it's I, getting close. Like it's almost at that twenty dollar mark where I'm going to do it. I just haven't done it yet. It's not there yet. I have not bought a single damn thing for this game, and I've probably okay. played it for like ten hours. Um, and gotcha. that's with like five or six online matches. And <clears throat> um, you, you don't feel me, handicapped at all. No, I mean I I feel okay. a little handicapped mainly because I don't know the maps and I don't yeah. have my club my my levels kind of lower, but. Mm-hmm. It's some of the abilities like really amp you up, and you. But it's a lot of it. I'm still playing around with the different classes, figuring out which one's my favorite. So right. So there's that. Um, But even then, it's just like oh, you know, people are like, oh my god, the microtransactions. Yeah, but if you earn the money to unlock the stuff, you're good to go. And most Mm -hmm. of the time, I right now especially, I'm not good enough in matches online to like have luke available to run around as anyway so i'm not shedding a tear at the moment so and i know they did a ton of changes since it was released because of all the backlash so i don't know what specifically is different but i know they did a lot of changes for the better from everything i heard so yeah yeah and all the dlc is free so hey i'll take it that's cool yeah, yeah. Right now, the game I think it was on sale like for twenty five on Xbox One. I think it might be right now actually, um, and it's so close. Like I think when it hits that twenty dollars threshold, I'll finally do it. Um, but I'm just waiting because I do want to play at least the single player mode, and I I enjoyed playing the first one online, so I'll probably enjoy playing this one online for a little bit. Um, so I I, damn, I am going to get it. I'm just waiting for that uh, that that threshold to be met, and then I'll find finally pick it up. But I'm I'm glad you're liking it. Excellent. Yeah. So for myself, I um, did not too terribly much, but something. So watched a couple movies. The first one. So last week I talked about how I watched the Flintstones. Well, they also had the sequel, the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas from 2000, I believe. Uh, that was on Netflix as well. So I said, you know what? Let's uh, like watch this one too, just for the hell of it. And uh, it's actually by the same director, which I didn't realize. Um, and I remember watching this when I was much younger, but... Um, I remember not liking it very much. Surprise, surprise. Um, but, you know, I actually thought it was pretty decent. I thought it's uh, held up uh, a lot better than I expected it to. Um, and I enjoyed it for uh, for what it was. So um, nothing, you know, worth seeking out by any stretch. But if you're looking for a fun family film and with the Flintstones universe, that's okay. The CGI is pretty shitty. 
uh, given the year it was released, though. That's to be expected. But uh, So I give that one two and a half. Um, and then I watched uh, Poseidon, which I'd mentioned last week that I purchased. And uh, I got like the Twister, Poseidon, and uh, the Perfect Storm triple feature Blu-ray last week. And so we decided to watch it. And man, I watched this once when I was in high school. It was probably like right when it came out. So it, not when I was in high school because it wasn't out well. I was in high school, but it was after that. Uh, so when I was an undergrad. And I think I watched it in my friend's basement. And I remember really liking it. Um, and watching it again, I like it. But it's definitely not as good as I remembered. Uh, what's amazing about it, though, is like it's literally like 10 minutes into the film when like the event happens that kind of creates the chaos on the boat. And I don't remember that. Like, I can't remember another film like this where it just kind of goes right from that early on. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and it's just all action from there on out. And this is from 2006, but the, but the special effects, they looked really, really good. I was really impressed by the vast majority of the special effects in this film. Um, the characters mean absolutely nothing, uh, but the action is, and the action sequences are why it's worth watching. And it's pretty much nonstop from about, ten, like I said, 10 minutes in, even if it is even that long in <laughs> when like the, the storm happens and then just, you know, shit goes crazy. Um, but it is just a, a you know, balls to the wall action film. And if you enjoy disaster films like that, you'll probably like it. So um, I give that one uh, two and a half stars. Enjoyed it, uh, but it wasn't nearly as good as I remembered it being. Um, and now I really want to watch which one was it, guys? Deep Rising. Deep Rising, yeah. Yes, really want to watch that one. Of course, it's not it's not streaming on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Not streaming anywhere, and so I got to pay to rent it. But I haven't done that yet. But I definitely want to check that one out because I was reading the description of it, and it sounds fucking fascinating. So I oh. definitely am checking that out. It's awesome. Like yeah. it really it's you're not going to give it a five star. Yeah. But it's kick ass. Yeah. Yes. Cool. It is it it is the hilarious action horror comedy you didn't know you wanted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an interesting description. I like it. And they shoot cool fucking guns, which oh, yes. is what you want yes. in a monster movie. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay. Well I'm gonna have to uh, run it. I think yeah, it's like first, three or four bucks the- to rent, so the first scene where they open fire with them is freaking hilarious, too. <laughs> and it's it's Treat Williams as the lead man. Yeah, you know, I saw that. Which you don't really see much anymore. I really, I recently saw him in Hair, I guess, uh, around Christmas time. Okay. So to go from, like, hippie Treat Williams singing Hair to yeah. badass Treat Williams on a Sea-Doo with Famke Jansen shooting yeah. at tentacled monsters with a badass gun. Yeah, it's quite the uh, career oh. uh, arc he's had. Famke, that's why Ash loves it so much. That's his girl. Hell, oh, she's, yes. she's so sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm hoping I'll, I'll be watching that one soon, but we'll see. Um, uh, television just kind of throw away. We finally, we finished Friends again. I, it's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. It's just, it makes me fucking laugh nonstop. Uh, we finished season 10, so we finished the series again. I just love it. Four stars. One of my favorites. Are you going um, back to season one again to start over a third time? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, third time, please. Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah, it's one of the few things. Like when Bridget and I are, if we're like eating dinner or whatever, we're like, "Well, what do we want to put on?" I don't know. There's six billion options for us to put on, but like we put on 
friends all the time because we just like watching it. So we'll probably restart start it back over again and, and make our way through. So that's just what we do. And the wrestling side of things, I so uh, Wrestling with Regret uh, is one of the YouTube channels I watch a lot. And he does um, some like, you know, quote unquote vintage reviews or just past pay-per-view reviews. And he was reviewing Money in the Bank 2011, which, you know, most people will look at as one of the better pay-per-views in WWE of, you know, probably the last 10 years, 15 years. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like, I want to watch that. I've been wanting to see that match again because the main event is it's in Chicago. It's it was the summer of punk right after the pipe bomb um, on Monday Night Raw leading up to CM Punk versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. And they have this five star epic and like. It's just the atmosphere is phenomenal. Like, mind you, going to Chicago now with for WWE is just, like I fucking hate it. Like, it's unbearable because the idiots just keep chanting CM Punk and just got to listen to that nonsense all the time. But then it was fucking incredible. Like, I compared it to like, um, if you think of like Survivor Series, uh, the screw job uh, what was what was that ninety eight ninety seven whichever one the screw job was. Montreal's I think it's job. I think it's ninety seven seven yeah and uh, Bret Hart is the heel everywhere he goes except when he gets to Canada and that's kind of what it felt like not that CM Punk was necessarily the heel everywhere but he definitely was supposed to be playing the heel but then he gets to Chicago and this the place is just like in love with him because it's his hometown and just such an awesome atmosphere and the match was so good um, and before that though there's just, there's two excellent Money in the Bank matches. Um, and then just kind of, uh, um, like, I think it's, I think this is the one that has Mark Henry versus Big Show better than you to think it would be. Um, not a bad match at all. Um, and kind of is like the start, the setup of Mark Henry's Hall of Pain, uh, which eventually leads to him having the title, which I think he gets at the next one I'm about to watch. But, um, anyway, so I, Money in the Bank 2011, I give that one an A. And then I just continued watching the 2011 baby. So I did SummerSlam 2011, I give that one a B plus. Um, that's where, so they take CM Punk off TV. He's, you know, his contract was expiring at the end of Money in the Bank and, uh, they only keep him off like two weeks. So they really botch it, but they do a tournament. Cena wins a tournament. So it's champion versus champion because there's two WWE championship belts at that point. So it's Cena versus CM Punk for the belt. And then at the end, like all this craziness happens. I don't, I won't spoil it, I guess, but whatever. Um, and then, uh, Night of Champions 2011, I give that one a B. Honestly, I know I know I watched it, but I can't really like because they're so similar. Like, there's a lot of same matches. I don't remember which one was which exactly, but um, I remember enjoying it. So, uh, next up is uh, I believe Nexus Survivor Series 2011. So, if I continue on this 2011 kick here, but we'll see. One thing I will say that I've learned from these uh, pay per views and some watching in the past: Christian and Randy Orton, they had one hell of a feud going on at this point. And I never hear anybody talk about it, but really, I think it's incredibly underrated. The match, they've had uh, two matches, I think, three matches now that I've seen out of these three pay-per-views, and they've all been really good. Um, the last one was a, um, a no-holds-barred match, and it got pretty violent, and it was awesome. Like, Christian is excellent i think he was so good as champion and uh he's just like he's naturally charismatic and he's he's so great on the mic and he can just go in the ring like he's he's such an underrated wrestler i really i really enjoy christian and i think he does such a great job here um so that was my my wrestling for the week um spending wise i 
I don't know why, but I decided to do some splurging this past week on uh, this past weekend. And GameStop was having another Pro Day sale, which gives you, like, I have the Elite Pro discount or uh, thing from membership there. And so I got an extra 10% off. So I had 30% off used games and then access to all the Pro deals. So I don't know, like, some something or somebody, like, took over my body. And decided that I was going to start buying a bunch of these RPGs. I, I don't know why. <laughs> no idea why. Good luck um, finding a time to play them when exactly, the kid comes. With a kid on the way. Like, what the fuck am I thinking? I don't know. But anyway, I got a ton of stuff for real cheap. And it could last me for the rest of my life, frankly. So, um, I Saturday was like one of the weirdest days. Ever. Like, we made like 70 different stops that day and we never do anything and so like the fact we had made so many stops i went to GameStop three times three different game stops and, and not planned either like I, it was just ridiculous so anyway i start the day off i go to the first game stop i have this list of games that i'm looking for and this one is supposed to have all of them used and blah 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 so anyway i picked up eternal sonata for the xbox 360 got that for five bucks great picked game up, that's right here. And you know, I've had the, when I worked at GameStop, they um, would give like uh, these, um, what are they, like the face plates for the Xbox 360. They were like doing them as like giveaways for the customers with the pre-ordered. Well, there was extras. And so like we could take them. And I've had this Eternal Sonata face plate on my Xbox 360 since like maybe a year after I had the system. And I've literally had it on there ever since. I owned the game in the past, but then got rid of it and I've never actually played it. And I don't even know where my original, like, white faceplate is. Like, this is the only one I have. And so, like, I figured, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna grab this again and actually try it out. Um, and so I grabbed that, like I said, five bucks. I grabbed, um, so I had reward discount coupons that I could, like, trade in or whatever. Reward points to get coupons. And so I had, I got a $15 one and a $5 one. So it gave me 20 bucks off. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U was 20 bucks. So I ended up getting that one for free. Um, and then... I decided Persona 5 on PS4 was down to 25 bucks. And I don't know why, but I, I, I liked Persona 3 when that came out. And so I'm laughing because you like short games. And I know, Persona I know. series is like a hundred plus hour game series. What? Xenoblade what Chronicles. <laughs> I bought Monster Hunter recently. Xenoblade. I mean, these are all like 60 plus, 40 plus hour games. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, so. I grabbed Persona 5, uh, and I, so I paid 25 bucks for that one. And then I also picked up uh, Nier, N-I-E-R, and Tales of Zelia, or Zalia, however you say it. I ended up, and then I was like, you know what? I have some buyer's regret remorse already. I'm taking back Nier and, and Tales, Tales of Zelia. So I took those back to the next GameStop, and I picked up Star, Hope, the, or Star Ocean, The Last Hope International for PS3 for $7. I was going to get that at the first game GameStop, but they didn't have it with the real case. So I said, well, I'll try this next one, see if they do. And they did. And so all these were complete, all in, in good condition. So um grabbed that. And then I ended up going to disc replay later in the day, and I had some more of my credit to use. And so I grabbed Fantasy Star Universe for the Xbox 360. <laughs> Again, who is this guy? I don't know. And I grabbed Ark the Lad Twilight of the Spirits. Another That one's more of an action RPG for PS2. And so I ended up paying like, well, nothing because I was using my credit, but I think there was like nine bucks total or 10 bucks total for both of those. So not bad at all. Then we went out for my mom's uh, birthday and afterwards I was like, you know what? 
I'm looking at it. Monster Hunter World on PS4 and Xbox One was down to 40 bucks, and I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, Chris was talking about how he's getting it because he was able to get it from a friend. So I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna get it too. And so I went to a third GameStop and bought Monster Hunter World for 40 bucks. So I got all these games: Persona 5, Eternal Sonata, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Star Ocean: The Last Hope International, Fantasy Star Universe, Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, and Monster Hunter World, all for less than 80 dollars. I mean, that's literally hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of games for less than 80 bucks. So that was my splurge for the. For the year, really. So. Okay, so Mark, Mark, how much, how much do you want to put down that he trades these suckers in within a year, and he oh. never touched them? Very uh, possible. I, I, I'd probably bet a movie review easily, and this time <laughs> I'm sure that I can pick the worst film ever, and then I won't have to even see it because I will not lose that bet. <laughs> oh man! But I did start playing. Uh, Persona 5. See, that's the thing. Like, I get all these new games. I'm like, I want to play this one, but I want to play this one, but I want to start this one. So it's like, where do I start? And then I get overloaded and I just don't do any of them. Yeah. But I decided to start Persona 5. Um, and I'm just a few days in, but I'm a few hours in and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I love that it's been a decade, if not 12 years since I played Persona 3, the original before FES, like the original one when it came out. And I still, the instant, like, you go to the Velvet Room, the instant the music hit, I was like, oh, man, like, that is, I remember that music. It is so good. It's like, you know, the Final Fantasy theme. You'll always know it, you know? And, um, yeah, so anyway, I'm really, I love the aesthetic. I love, like, the, the just, like, I, I texted Chris. I was like, I'm already, I'm only, like, half an hour in, and I already want to visit Japan and dress up like a, a Japanese teenager. Like, I just... Like, it's just such a cool <laughs> aesthetic. Like, so it's the story is fascinating so far. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. And um, yeah, so I'm hoping that I, you know, devote time to this and, and continue through. But right. <laughs> I did. Yeah, don't die, Ash. Don't die. I did learn something, though. So golf story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck golf story. This fucking game, everyone talks about how great it is, and I just, I disagree. Like, it's a, it's a good game, it's fine, but a game should basically, you know, kind of teach you, you know, you should learn the mechanics needed as you progress through a game, so that at the end, you you have all this knowledge and this skill that you can, you know, uh, use that to complete the game or whatever you're trying to do, you know, finish the, the final thing that you're trying to do. Well... There are some elements of what the final course in Golf Story brings, but it's so much, it's so blown up in the last course that it's just fucking obnoxious. I have over 20 hours into Golf Story, and I promise you, at least five of them were on the final course. Like, I had to stop and restart hundreds of times. I wanted to throw my switch across the room at least two dozen times. Like I was, it pissed me off so fucking much. And I was at the point two days ago where I was like, fuck it, I'm done. Like I'm deleting it. Like this is, this is stupid. It's not worth a video game is not, I don't play this to get mad. I play it to have fun and I'm not having fun. I'm just getting pissed off. So fuck it. I don't care. But then I was like, you know what? Let me try this one other thing. And so then I played it yet last night and I was still kept having to like you know restart it because once you get to a certain point there's no con- use in going because the computer player always finishes with zero so if you have plus one or plus two at a certain stage like it's done Spoiler. and so 
yeah, not a spoiler at all. <laughs> but um so anyway, finally I get lucky. Like I'm literally that's all it was. That's why I beat the game was because of luck. Like I hit this one eagle out of fucking nowhere. Like it sh in a million years never should hit, but for some reason the computer decided, you know what? You're going to sink this one. So we sink I sink it. And, and it's just pure luck. Like the whole fucking last course just pissed me off so much. So I had hours of being frustrated and pissed off. I beat the game. I was pumped for about 10 minutes, maybe five, 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, well, that's that. So my, my conclusion is I don't give a fuck if I beat a game anymore. I, it, all it is, is, is this for something to be to mark on my backloggery that I beat it. Who gives a shit? I'm playing games to have fun. And if I stop having fun, I'm done. I don't fucking care if I beat it or not. Because who gives a shit? It's just a notch on backloggery or a notch on your belt. Like, who cares? For me, that's how I'm just, that's how I'm going to approach from now on because I get so mad for no fucking reason. Like, it's a stupid video game. Like, why do I get so, I don't know, but I get pissed and it fucking bugs me. And so I'm just done. I, if I don't beat a game, I don't beat a game. I don't give a shit. I'm playing it until I stop having fun with it. And then I'm moving on to the next one because the time, the five plus hours I devoted to Golf Story could have been put into any other game where I was having fun. And instead, I just kept getting pissed at Golf Story. So, long story you know short, I don't care if I beat games anymore. You know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of a certain speech that Chevy Chase gave. <laughs> I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun, we're going to need plastic surgery with our goddamn smiles. Oh, uh, yeah, you just, yeah. Do you need do you need an aspirin or anything? Uh, just, just I'm all right. You're, I'm ready sure? to move on, though. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Golf story is beat. It is done. <laughs> I am moving on, and now my time will be dedicated to Persona Five until it starts pissing me off, which I don't think it will. But we'll see. I give it fifteen hours. <laughs> that would be a significant amount of time for me to dip into an RPG. Probably the mo well, no, pretty close to tying. Probably the most I've ever would have put into an RPG. So that would be pretty good. I'd be pleased with that. We'll see. I'm already about three hours in. So, so that. My friends, was my life lesson for all of you and my week in media. <laughs> You're welcome. Mark, what about you, my buddy? What about you? Uh, uh, honestly, not too, too much. Um, I'll start with, well, you know what? Since you finished with gaming, I'll start with it. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened, but it suddenly clicked for me with uh, Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, I'm still playing that game. Yeah, I and saw that. And I'm finally beating some bosses that okay. I couldn't beat before. Now, I think it's because of all the grinding I've done with the game that I've upgraded a lot of facilities in my town to then upgrade my guys. So I think my guys are just strong enough at this point to beat the people I couldn't beat before. Yeah. Um, Darkest Dungeon, tons of grinding to level up uh, your town to then level up your characters or your your fodder, if you will. Mm. Um, so I'm at a point now where this my city is actually doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, so like even like last night, uh, you know, I had to work this morning. Went to bed around eight thirty p.m. Had the window open around nine thirty. Somebody screamed outside in the in a parking lot, which woke me up. And what? then I think I played for two hours after that, or just like like a like play screaming like ah. You know, oh, but okay. still, I was like, "Fuck!" I should have closed the window. That's right, my bad. Yeah. 
Um, but I liked it for sure. Um, so yeah, so I played, uh, I played two hours of Darkest Dungeon in bed and, uh, I did want to turn off the console. Um, uh, but That's I did. When I saw you playing because I was playing Golf Story and I was like, oh, look at Mark's playing Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I saw you log in. I'm like, oh, he's playing Golf Story. I'm like, ah. <laughs> then I jerked all over my sheets. <laughs> Um, just to my name. Good. Yeah, I just just Good. his name popped up. I'm like, oh, I'm making a connection right now. Uh, yeah. So uh, oh, I've never been harder in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very tired this morning from playing last night, um, with myself, and then the game in many different um, ways, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I, I I'm really like even today at work. I'm like I want to play more of Darkest Dungeon. Like I was actually I was on Reddit. And I was just reading this the Nintendo Switch subreddit, and then somebody put a thread of like, "Should I buy this game?" And I read like the three hundred comments on it because I'm like, I'm still learning some new stuff. So because again, I got it uh, as an e download, so it doesn't really come with a manual, and mm. it you kind of have to figure it out on your on your own. Yeah. Um, and then of course I bought the one with the DLC, so I'm playing this without adding the DLC because it adds more mechanics and gameplay, and I'm like, I need to get this down pat first. So. If I do get better at this game, which I think I will, but, you know, I'm going to slowly progress and add the DLC once I've beaten the Darkest Dungeon and then uh, continue on with the extra characters and missions and whatnot. Anyways, so that's pretty much it game-wise. Um, TV-wise, me and Melissa, we haven't done this in a long time, but we just burned through Season 1 of Mindhunter. Uh, so I think yes. last episode we we spoke about it. We were only three episodes in. Yep. Well, I think it was on our first day off together. Um, we watched two episodes at breakfast, went to the gym, came back and burned the remaining five episodes. Like so, we finished it in pretty much three sittings. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's been a while where we actually like marathoned the show or binged on the show, and like we didn't want to stop. Yeah. Um, like, like we did Jessica Jones in a few weeks and whatever, but you know, after one or two episodes, I'm like, yeah, I need a break this. I just wanted to watch all of it. So it's really been a while since, um, that's happened, which was kind of cool. Um, so we, wa- we finished that. And then, uh, over the course of two nights, we watched, uh, evil, evil genius, which is about the pizza delivery bomber that happened back in 2003 in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a four-part uh, miniseries, about forty-five minutes an episode, oh, I and can watch that. yeah, and it just details. So if you liked making a murderer, you'll like this as well. It's a true crime docu series. That's my shit. Short, yeah, short and sweet, uh, bite-sized pieces, really well laid out. I liked it a lot. Um, knowing what happens, and that you know, because you know that movie Thirty Minutes or Less with Jason, yeah. or well, it's based off of this story. Oh, no shit. I got to watch that. Okay. What's and Evil Genius? It's called Evil Genius. Yeah. And I've never seen 30 Minutes or Less, but it's kind of gross that, you know, a guy died, you know, during this 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 heist gone wrong. And oh. they were able to make a, they made a comedy out of it with Nick, Nick Schwarden. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw it. So I can't really critique too much about it, but I thought it's a little poor taste because a man's life did, uh, you know. Uh, a man did die because of these evil geniuses, right? So, so fun. Um, apart from that, uh, I watched a lot. Like, I haven't watched too many movies because I've been watching a lot of New Japan wrestling. Um, they're in the middle of their Super Junior Tournament right now. It's 25th and uh, 25th anniversary. And uh, I just finished uh, the card from the 19th of May. 
which was last Saturday. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, there's two new, uh, I guess, uh, shows on now. Uh, that because the most recent one was on the 22nd of May, but then there's one on the 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, and the 29th. So I got five more wrestling cards to watch after I catch up to the ones that are already on the service. Now, those that are live, uh, you get the whole card, so all eight or nine matches. Hmm. Um, the one that I'm going to watch next on the 22nd, it was not live. Pardon me, on the 20th was not live. So it's only the Super Junior Tournament matches. So it's only four matches. So that's kind of good. Um, what I might do is I might just watch this, just the tournament matches themselves because the other matches don't really, it's all tag matches with the guys that aren't wrestling that night. Do I really need to watch them? Probably not. Uh, but I'm a bit of a completionist. So I'm, I'm going to attempt to. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't think I physically can. There's so much <laughs> content. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not saying I'm burning out because I've been watching a lot of wrestling. I'm enjoying all of it, but there's just a lot of stuff. Like think the WWE and let's say that they air all their house shows on the network. Oh yeah. You'd kind of want to watch a lot of them. Right. And, uh, I got to start picking and choosing. So I got to do that myself. I haven't done it yet, but whatever. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. The last match I just watched was, uh, was uh, Marty Skrull versus Hatachi, I believe it was. And it was a pretty fun match. Um, so that's all for wrestling that I'm going to go through. Um, then movie-wise, uh, I went to see Deadpool 2. Okay. And I won't spoil anything. Yeah. Um, the trailers really sold the film really well. There were some surprises in the movie that I had no idea were in. So that's awesome as well. Um, it's very funny, but I still like the first one better. Um, I, I looked at my letterbox and I gave Deadpool one five stars out of five. Uh, Deadpool 2, I'd probably give four out of five stars. So okay. enjoyable. Uh, but, uh, and again, um, like there's some shit. I'm like, oh my God, that's blah, 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 you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. Um, but uh, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. But I think it's because in the first one, you're not really sure how far they're going to go because it right. is its first R-rated comedy, you know, superhero film. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you kind of know what the tone or you have an idea of what the tone of the film will be because you've already been through it once. Right. So I think there's less, oh my God, this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but still very funny. He pokes a few, uh, or he, he does a few digs at the Logan and Wolverine, which is very funny. A lot of inside jokes. But uh, I liked it. I just, I didn't, I won't say I loved it, but I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, I'm following, <laughs> I follow a lot of cosplayers because I'm a pervert on Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, some of them are like, yeah, I've just seen this f- for the fourth time in the theater. I'm like, it's not that good of a movie. But hey, we like what we like, right? So right. who am I to, to judge somebody else's enjoyment? But I would not see this movie four times. Like, I've seen it once. I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. And that's that. So, so I watched that. Um, I also watched, uh, well, I released this today on the Instagram, uh, No Man's Land, uh, from 1987. So this is my 17th Kino Lorber review. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm still a few weeks behind. I think I should be a little closer to 20 right now, but I'm slowly catching up. 
It's because of the wrestling. Um, but yeah. I put that up today. It's a crime drama with Charlie Sheen and D.B. Sweeney from 87. It was pretty solid. Uh, the uh, Again, the um, reviews on Instagram. So if you want my thoughts on it, it is there. But it was really good. So I would suggest you check that out. And uh, I'm going to... I don't know if you guys have your WhatsApp open right now, but I'm sending you a picture uh, to the group. Okay. I so, if it's your penis. Now, so I, as some of you may know, I lost a bet to Brandon <laughs> where his second favorite team was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And they beat my first favorite team, the Winnipeg Jets. So we bet that the loser of this series would have to do a review on the extremely goofy movie from the year 2000, the movie that Ash was supposed to do but never did. Um, <laughs> hey, I watched it. I just didn't do a review because you guys uh, blew right past it. So That bullshit. Uh, so, <laughs> so I checked Netflix. They did not have it. I checked Amazon. They did not have it. Um, oh. I went on YouTube, and they had it. But... Um, it was, I guess, to, to go past the copyrights, they had to put it so that there's a picture of two girls. I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was looking at. Yeah, okay. There's a picture. So I'm on my big screen TV downstairs or my, my projection and the projector is projecting an image, a still image of, I guess, two Asian girls, uh, side to side or beside a larger screen television at like some electronics expo. <laughs> and the goofy movie played within the TV screen on that still oh, image. That's fucking so amazing. I did not see a full screen presentation of the film. I, I was watching the TV. That's a still image on my projector. <laughs> so, oh, so what awesome. you boys are seeing right now, which I will, uh, I'll post uh, this weekend or uh, maybe I'll post it on Monday when we post a new episode here. Yeah. Um, so the square where it says Disney's an extremely goofy movie, that was the uh, size of the screen <laughs> that was projecting the film on oh. my big screen projection. So, That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, no, Bixby, don't. No, I I don't need your assistance right now. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I don't even know how to do a goofy voice. Really fucking <laughs> I sent you a video. I sent you a tutorial. I didn't look at it because I was a cocky guy. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> just just give, me, give me a second here. Take your um, time. Oh. Uh, Oh, can I can I first say? Uh, so the movie is about 120 minutes long. Um, it's very very funny. Um, Goofy's name, uh, I think it's Goofy Goof because his son Max Goof yeah. um, uses the surname Goof, and everybody calls him Goofy or Mister Goof. So I really think his name is Goofy Goof. Yeah, That's I've heard that before. Stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be able to do this, but... <clears throat> I'm so excited to hear you cry, though. <laughs> Shut up! I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, guys! I'm Goofy, and I just... Uh... Oh, fuck, I don't know what this... Uh, this is fucking dumb. I'm sweating right You're now. You're nailing There's it! Nobody You're around. nailing My it, My cats are watching me, and I'm like, go, go, like, lick each other's butts or something. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I, plus, I have nothing written, so I'm just going by fucking 
because this is bullshit. It's even better. The Jets should have won this. <clears throat> <laughs> Fuck you, Flurry. Okay. <laughs> the flower. Hey, guys. I'm Goofy Goof. And I'm in this movie, an extremely goofy movie from the year 2000. In this film, my son, Max, he's an extreme sports guy. He does <laughs> skateboarding and whatnot. And he gets a scholarship to the university. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> You're not helping, Brandon. You're not helping. <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. He, he gets his. He, he gets an. Okay, this is again. This is a two th- uh, from the year two thousand. Yeah. He gets an X Games scholarship <laughs> so that he can do half pipe skateboarding at the university and got all his college tuition paid for. <laughs> there, <laughs> there he meets up with uh, Bradley Uppercross the third, and he. Hey, no, down, down, kitty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he meets up with Bradley Upcross the Third, and he's a leader of the. Okay, I fuck this shit. Anyways, this movie sucks. <laughs> movie fucking sucks. So, so oh. Goofy's son Max goes to college, and yeah. uh, he runs amok with uh, the big uh, guru on campus, who's like the the best X Games champion ever because he's cheating. Okay. Um, Goofy, meanwhile, back at home. He's, he's got like child separation anxiety and loses his job. So oh. he goes to the job bank and tell, and the job bank person tells him, well, since you don't have a diploma, I can't give you a job. So his job was at a f- toy factory assembling toys on a conveyor belt. And he can't get a job because he doesn't have a college uh, degree. <laughs> so with no money, he goes back to college because, well, then I'll be able to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, of course, by fluke, he's really awesome at X Games as well. Oh. So then his son resents him. So he goes with the bad guys, but then he discovers that the bad guys are cheating. So he goes back to his son, and then they win. And that's it. Um, it's got <laughs> some really shitty music. <laughs> um, for some reason, uh, Goofy. Is okay again. This is the year 2000. So, if you're thinking mom and dad, they're in the 70s when they were kids. So, there's a scene where he's dancing disco with a librarian who becomes his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's cute in an anamorph, anamorph in a free way. <laughs> Goofy is not in any way, shape, or form. Um, I was really sad that Pluto did not make a, a guest appearance. But yeah. then they'd have to explain to the kids, hey, mom, why is Goofy and Max wearing clothes when Pluto right. doesn't? Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so, th- yeah. It, it was not, it, this was not a fun film. <laughs> I think I would have rather watched a Goofy movie from 1995. That's a good one. It's yeah. a much better film. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. But we, we specifically said an extremely Goofy movie, which went, mm-hmm. I believe, direct to video. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah it, it did back on the 20th of February, uh, two weeks after Valentine's Day. Uh, fun. Uh, a few stars in the film. Uh, Brad Garrett plays Tank, the big, I guess, uh, heavyweight on the sorority side. Uh, Vicky Lewis plays, uh, a beat poet. Um, Max has two friends, obviously a fat guy and a surfer dude. I'm like, surfer dude sounds like Polly Shore. It is. Well, you know how it is. You always got the you always got a fat guy oh. and you in the group and then you got a guy that's just you know weird. Well, the weird guy he sounded like like Polly Shore. Lo and behold, Polly Shore did his voice. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can't recommend this film. I was hate watching it on the TV, <laughs> on my TV. Uh, so I, I give this one star. Um, oh. But yeah, it sucks. I, I, I was, I was hate. I was so fucking upset. But I'm <laughs> I can like, just imagine. I can't, I can't like prolong my agony. I'm going to do this for this episode, and get it over with. So yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah, uh, so that's so that's how I ended my week in media. <laughs> um, oh, that's fantastic! And then, of course, there is our subject of the week, uh, cycle four, which we'll be talking about now. So yes, that's all for me. Go nights, go! All right, so oh, let's move on so to far. our review for the week. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Wishmaster two when a guy fucks himself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh man. Good times. Psycho 4. Good times. Psycho 4, the beginning from 1990. So, of course, there will be spoilers for Psycho 1, 2, and 3 and Bates Motel, maybe. Even though I hope we never talk about that film again. Um, No, not talking about Bates Motel. So, there will be spoilers. So, keep that in mind moving forward. All right. Psycho 4, the beginning had an original U.S. television debut of Wednesday, November 10th, 1990 on Showtime. It was directed by Mick Garris, written by Joseph Stefano, who actually also wrote the original film's script. He wrote the script for Psycho. Psycho 4 holds an IMDb score currently of 5.5 out of the 6,003 current votes. No Metacritic score, no Tomato Meter, but an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 32%. It currently has 2.49 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd, based on a 1,000... 17 ratings. I could not find any information about the budget and then no gross info because of what it is. Um, And it clocks in at 96 minutes. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is a first time viewing for all three of us, correct? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Perfect. All right. So that said, let's dive right in. So this is the first of the sequels to use the original music from, well, the original film. And, um, and I thought that was I a really, it. yeah, I yeah. thought it was a really smart choice. And it was a really good way to open things up. Um, cause they use it during this like opening montage of credits. Cause it just sets a, uh, a better tone for what's about to come than what we've watched previously, I'd say. Uh, so well, I thought that was really smart. The other thing I thought was interesting is this is the first one that doesn't dwell on the shower scene at all. Yeah, it's like the first one that doesn't have the sh- any of the shower scene in it. That's right. But again, the way I'm uh, the way I'm wired, I'm thinking, fuck, it's Reanimator again. <laughs> See, <laughs> I associate this music to Reanimator. That's so, hilarious. And I, I think I always will. Yeah, no, I still no matter what, that to hear that. Well, you know, Beyond Reanimator is getting a Vestron video release. Oh, I didn't know that. Which kind of surprises me. Of all films, like, yeah. I, it's not a good movie. I've not seen Beyond. I've only seen the original and loved it. Oh, but I've not seen oh, the sequels. Have you seen, you never saw Bride? Bride no. is fantastic. Yeah, that one had an Arrow video release recently on Blu-ray. Yes, it did. Yep. Excellent. Um, So right from this opening montage, we get to this, it's kind of jarring because it goes from that opening montage to like sh- just this shot of lips filling the screen as Raymond, I believe his name was, talks about um, (laughs) the fact that he killed his mother. What did you say his name was? Uh, Rocky. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's what it reminded me of. I'm like, wait, what movie were we watching again? (laughs) That's interesting, yeah. 
Um, but I thought that was kind of, uh, I don't know, just a strange choice and was a little bit jarring, not in a negative way by any stretch. And they do come back to it once again later on. I believe it is, um, she has the weirdest name ever, uh, CCH Pounder. I think yes. it's her lips that they go to later on, but I thought that was pretty cool. And I'll say it right now. I just, I love this like late eighties, smoky radio DJ aesthetic that goes on in this film. I think it is just so cool. It's such an interesting setting to me. I really enjoy that. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of talk radio. That's another... exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh for for some reason I just thought the the decor, while not sleazy, still had a bit of a slimy feel to it. Just yeah. like because I, I know it's a psycho movie, so I know shit's gonna happen. Right. I just don't know what kind of shit's gonna happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really like the setting and just you know the, the the people like because talk radio I think is a dying art now because now oh, with yeah. podcast you know Absolutely. there's less and less uh, talk radio stations mm-hmm. on the air and back in the day before the internet this was a staple like my dad used to listen to talk radio all the time I think that's why I like podcasts so much Mm -hmm. Um, and like either they had these you know blowhards on the radio and while she isn't a blowhard so much uh, but she still likes she's still a bit sleazy because she's trying to keep you know well we'll we'll find out later on but she she does have a person who committed matricide in her studio with you know uh, with the uh, the killer's uh, grandfather and and the doctor, so it's kind of like it's kind of like Morton Downey Jr. or uh, uh, yes. maybe uh, trying to think of somebody else more relevant, um, uh, Geraldo or Sally Jesse. But it's like it's just it's got that sleazy talk show feel, but you know, just in an audio format. Mm-hmm. Man, I well, learning about Morton Downey Jr. Uh, watching his documentary on him was fascinating, man. Just fascinating because I was too young to watch him. You know, I don't even know if he was around after I was born, but uh, just watching about him was fucking fascinating. Then I saw him in an episode of Tales from the Crypt where he was essentially Uh playing himself um, and uh, just a fascinating character to me. And same thing with uh, Predator 2. He's got a cameo and he's pretty much playing the same character as well. I used to watch him as a kid because uh, I used to love daytime TV on days off. And like yeah. during the summer mm-hmm. and uh, like days off school. Right. And it was like game shows and talk shows. Mm-hmm. Because, again, before the internet, I was hoping that on the talk show, there'd be like a lady of the night on. Or, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody little, uh, little, little pervy for daytime TV. Because exactly. that's all that I'd have access to. Right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I would, whenever I was sick, I used to make my mom take me up to Blockbuster and rent uh, WWF VHS tapes. That's what I j- watch j- all day. J- just for a glimpse at uh, Sable. Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, I, you, you brought up um, the grandfather that was in uh, – Raymond's grandfather was in there. And yeah. like his one line that he has – I think it's only one line. He says, she was a world-class bitch who didn't deserve a boy like Raymond, referring to his own daughter who Raymond murdered. I was yeah. like, man. So, that's crazy. So- this kind of sets the tone of the film. Yeah. That it's going to be kind of sleazy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm sitting back and I'm like, all right, take me home. Uh, what was it? Take me home. Car- Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. Take me home. What's that? The soap. Take me home. 
It's just anyways. So, yeah, I know. It was uh, like uh, not that morning Eve or anything. Like, take me home, Cargill, Camelot, Calgon, 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 take me away. That's okay. exactly it. You're uh, I, you guys can we edit? Really good. Can we edit this <laughs> out from the part where we say hi, welcome to Cinepatients uh, right. podcast? For now? <laughs> you know, I don't do any editing. Don't be ridiculous. I want to delete this from the existence of everyone. I really do. This is horrible. Oh man, um, sweating through my shirt. God damn it! It's right. Yes, I can tell from here. It's fantastic. Mm. Uh, so. I was honestly kind of surprised at this whole setup because I thought that we were beginning in like a prequel, a, a bonafide prequel. But in reality, we're watching real time and we're getting a lot of it just told in flashback, which I didn't uh, I didn't expect coming in. But I, I actually thought it worked really well. Yes. Yes. Actually, I was surprised because I read the synopsis. And I was like, oh, yeah, God, this is going to be terrible. And <laughs> I was actually surprised. Uh, same way. Um, I, when I heard this was gonna be like a flashback film, mm-hmm. I was expecting the worst. And uh, the way they made this again, this was I don't know if you mentioned directed by Mick Garris, who is a quote unquote master of horror. Um, right. I was actually surprised how technically well this film turned out to be. Agree, agree, hundred percent. Yeah, especially for a Showtime film, you mm-hmm. know, I, I directed the Showtime. I mean. Not saying Showtime's not good for film, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I didn't know this was a Showtime movie until uh, after when I did the, just a bit of uh, surfing online. Yeah, I thought this went to theaters. Um, okay, so uh, I was kind of surprised how you know because we talked last week how Bates Motel was you know a pay TV you know uh, yeah. film, um, and then finding out this was a Showtime exclusive, uh, I was just this is what Bates Motel should have been. Exactly. You know, like same type yeah. of quality. Right. That's exa- that's that's what I was thinking. I was going through. I was like, this is exactly what Mark specifically you were hoping. I feel like to get with Base Motel because you were talking about it being like pay TV and whatnot. So yeah. So this is this is knowing that it's not a theatrical film. This was perfect for me. Yeah. Like I got a bit of everything. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was a happy right. camper. Yeah, definitely. Um, I loved the reveal of Norman's face. Obviously, it's, you know, it's quote unquote Ed, which is, uh, according to trivia, in uh, homage to Ed Gein, who the uh, original, uh, who Norman is, is based off of. Uh, and so that's why they use Ed there. Uh, who knows if that's true or not, but that's what it says. Um, but anyway, his reveal, um, he, he, he turned, he's back to the camera and then he turns and he says, Oh, I've killed before and I'm afraid I'm going to have to do it again. Like, I thought that was a, just a cool way to reintroduce, um, uh, Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. I like that a lot. And I was really taken aback that he was in this really nice house. I was like, wait, what? What the yeah. fuck happened? I, like, I was, well, and, and not knowing that they're basically ignoring Psycho 2 and 3, I thought, oh shit, yeah. he's out and some poor woman's house is going, and they're going to bite it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, yeah. I didn't realize that. And I think even in my conclusion, I was still harping a little bit on the fact that, you know, what about Psycho 2 and 3? And then I realized after the fact that, yeah, you're right. They just Psycho and then Psycho 4. Yeah, that's something else I wasn't aware of. I thought this was a continuation of 3. Mm-hmm. So he's making phone calls to uh, uh, CCH Pounder yeah. in this beautiful home. And I'm like, 
Okay, he doesn't look that much older. We exactly. last saw him petting his mom's dead arm. How did this work out? Yeah, because this is <laughs> like, like four years later. So I'm thinking, how? why in the hell would he have been let out again, period, let alone only four years after committing the second set of murders? Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's only but, after the fact. The thing is, like, okay, so something like this happens, right? If you go into this movie blind, so let's say you're, you're, you've bought the box set and you're in a marathon all four, yeah. you know, in a day or two. Should they put a warning for the movie saying, hey, this is before this or this kind of goes in this direction instead? Or well, should I they just like leave it as is? If you name your movie Psycho 4, you have – it it can be judged against Psycho 1, 2, and 3. Like, you should be able to consider this a continuation of that series if you're labeling it Psycho 4. If he yeah. labeled, if he titled this Psycho the beginning, then I could maybe see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because it's called Psycho 4, it, you know, there's nothing that tells us that we should forget about 2 and 3 in the film. Yeah. And so if you're trying to piece it together, th- in, which is what I was doing, which is kind of a, a, a negative I, I cast against the film. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Like, how do you do? How do you, you know, like you're saying, like, should there be a warning? Like, wh- how couldn't you? Because you yeah. know, you're, when you're watching this, especially back then in 1990, like the internet's not what it is. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. how? I don't know. It's like I, I don't have an answer for that. I guess, but it, it brings up an interesting point because you're right. How would people well, know? I feel that if you're not you know, watching this movie in a real enough time. So like, let's say you're not seeing cycle four when it gets released to showtime or in theaters mm-hmm. and you may not be caught up in the hoopla that there should like, you know, DVDs used to have like booklets, a DVD booklet yeah. with like liner notes and stuff. This is something that should maybe be put into the case saying, Hey, right. uh, by the way, you know, not a spoiler, but cycle four kind of races what two and three does, you yeah. know? Um, because I was kind of perplexed because again, I was kind of, I was jealous that here's a guy who's killed over, you know, six to eight people and he's in a really nice house. <laughs> I don't think exactly. I've been in a house that nice before. So I know. Yeah. I yeah. think at one point he says almost a dozen people that he's killed yeah. in total. So it's like, wow. Um, I guess it really does pay. What'd you say? I guess it really does pay, you know, to kill yeah, people. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You get, you get right. nice real estate. Right. Definitely. Um, obviously just to kind of, uh, put the bow on that part. The reason he is in this house is because it's his wife's house, which he mentions later on. And so that's why he's in such a nice place. So that's one answer for us. But, um, I, so there were some like little nods to the original, which I really loved, which it makes sense because the person who wrote this one also wrote the original. So he would know those, um, like the fact, so we meet this young, the younger girl, um, when Norman's, he's got, he's in his teens, probably what, 15, 15 ish, I would imagine. Um, and this is like the 4th of July thing when the fireworks are going off and this, this cute girl comes up and, um, she's super forward. Gotta love her. That was awesome. Go for it, girl. Um, but th- I love <laughs> the fact that young Norman is reading a book on taxidermy. I was like, oh, that's perfect. And they don't like call to it or anything. It's just, I noticed in me. his hand and it said taxidermy. And it, I didn't even place it until the end of the fucking movie. It, uh, and I have, and that was after I had to look it up. The guy playing young Norman Bates is Elliot from fucking E.T. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Holy shit. That blew my fucking mind. I know. Mind. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I, I think Bates was older than 15, though, because his mom's already dead. 
and yeah, he's so, running the hotel. But so he's probably like nineteen, maybe eighteen, nineteen, twenty in that like age range, because he's not like a child of the of the state, right? And he's by himself, and he's running the hotel. So I'm thinking he's probably like seventeen, eighteen years old, maybe nineteen, maybe. twenty. I don't think he was that old though. I, I may I would maybe give you like seventeen, eighteen, maybe. But because he talks yeah. about how by the time he was fifteen, he was practic- he was running the place basically single handedly. He says that. So, you know, I feel like he could be sixteen, seventeen, but I feel like they wouldn't let him be on his own unless he was maybe eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. So Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But uh I mean he yeah, he's he's a young young man either any way you look at it. And apparently a young stud. Who I, knew this I, guy was getting uh, girls fling at him left and right? Exactly. I know. I wrote it down somewhere. I'm like, I just, this blows my mind. Like Norman Bates, a fucking serial killer, has more, has gotten more women in his life than I have in mine. And I'm not a serial killer. Like, clearly I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> like, my God, just the women throw themselves at him. Yeah, they uh, sure do. The young women all the way up to the older women, which we'll see in a little bit. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, one thing I thought was a little strange to me was the setting. So obviously this is supposed to be, I think the early 1950s, right? Uh, no, forties and fifties. They, they, there's actually a breakdown. Uh, hang on. I but I'm, I was thinking the, the spot with this specifically with the girl. With oh, this young girl. It's, I was in the fifties just by the cars. Yeah. It didn't – there was something weird about it. It just didn't really feel like it was set in that time. Like it felt fake. Like the the couple that comes out of the room, hey, boy, our toilet's clogged. Like they just looked like – I don't know. They just looked a little goofy. Like it, that's one thing that wasn't yeah, really working for me. Yeah, it's the 40s and 50s. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and it, um, felt, it felt later than that for yeah. me for some reason. But and, and I was reading that they did toy with the idea of going black and white. Kind of as an homage to the original, which I think that would have been an interesting, interesting choice. But I think the yeah. color worked fine. Yeah, color was fine. I would have liked to see a black and white print yeah. of you know him as a kid, just because. Right. Been um, cool. But I was I was fine with the color. Mm-hmm. The uh, they I feel like they just uh, created tension in a very smart way because they use what we know of Norman Bates already. To create the tension, um, like when the young girl is um, walking up to the, uh, like she's like hiding in the house and then she's about to walk into the room and it's tense because we know that she's going to open the door and see a dead corpse. And that we know that because of, you know, having seen the previous films. Um, and I think that's just an interesting way to kind of build that tension because it plays on what the viewer already knows. Because if you don't know anything about Psycho, you wouldn't know that. That wouldn't be tense for you, right? Like, you have to have known yeah. that his mother's already dead for that to matter. So, I think that was interesting. But it was also kind of weird, too, because I thought Mother's body was moving in the bed when she was talking to Norman. Yes. I was, sh- yes. I was and they sure did that it was shit moving. on purpose. I, 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 they had to have done it on purpose. Because yeah. in, in, and it's just kind of to, to fuck with you a little bit. And mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you're you're seeing her through Norman's eyes, even though she's dead. She's still yeah. messing with him that way. Yeah. And uh, I also thought it was kind of odd just the way the girl was behaving. Mm-hmm. Like, why run to the house? Why hide? Like, it's because she wanted to get laid in the bed is why. But there's a perfectly good parlor 
Which, and as well, it's a motel. <laughs> what kind of take woman a, do you think she is? Take a fucking key and go to one of the I know. rooms. You That's know? what I was trying to figure out. Like, why not just take a room key? Like, I didn't make any sense. But- so, me, just the, the vehicle to go from the hotel or the motel to yeah. the house, that was weird because I thought no girl would actually do that. Because she She's- was really straight like she She, was hounding him you know what i mean knew what she wanted and she was gonna get it no matter what like that's she wanted to fuck in the room and that's what she was getting it's a complete role reversal to me at least to me you know when it comes to like you know from what you know from the 50s you know where it's a guy you know Come on, baby. You know, let's yeah. go. To, you know, like and in this she case was here, dressed and everything, so yeah. opposite what you would see. And I think that's what yeah. maybe threw me off a little bit with the time. Like I, I like the aggressiveness, but I thought yeah. she was way too over aggressive mm. to, to, to make it to make it believable. Because at the same time, though, you know, we're actually listening to Norman say the story to uh, CCH, right? Right. So, exactly. So Very did it point. really happen or is it just his recollection of like, yeah, she was yep. really aggressive. Because yeah, we're only getting one side of the story. And exactly yeah. Right. So so I think there's embellishments mm-hmm. because it's Norman telling the story. Right. I love that he kept using the word inordinate, inordinately. I thought – It's a very good word. smell good? Not inordinately. That means excessively for those yeah. curious. But I thought that was funny. Uh, and he uses some other words, and they kind of make fun of him for using the words later on. I thought that was cool. Uh, just stupid little thing they kept going back to. But to me, th- what this whole scene did was just it drove home how fucked up Norman is. I mean, he has this beautiful young woman literally begging him to have sex with her. And he's in this house all alone, could literally make a dozen babies and nobody would be the wiser, yet... He still fucking ends up killing her. Like, that just really drove home what a crazy motherfucker Norman Bates is. I can't understand why, though. Because, like, now we find out that Olivia Hussey is Norman Bates. (laughs) That's a MILF, man. Let's be honest. She's freaking hot. Like, I know. I I couldn't picture it first. I'm like. Holy fuck, she was in Romeo and Juliet from, like, 1967. I watched yeah. that in, like, grade 12 exactly. English class. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, and then she's in Black Christmas as well. I know. Yeah. You know? So, she I'm like... phenomenal in this. Yeah, hubba hubba. Yeah. So, and I understand like, why he's he's infatuated. I totally yeah, understand. It was fucked with my head. Because, like, she's hot and she's being creepy with her son and i'm just like oh yeah it's wrong but it's it's i don't i'm just it's fucking with me man like I, it's fucking with me what's going on here yeah, yeah. she's like uh, very s- overly sexual with him yeah it, you oh, know 100 percent. yeah uh, it, it, it's it's really creepy and it's supposed to make you uh feel uneasy about their bond exactly but after watching so much uh, stepmom porn um, <laughs> on on Uges. Wow. Yeah, I feel kind of desensitized. Oh, that's a good so point. So yeah. I'm like, why is she being a tease <laughs> in the other videos? <laughs> oh my god! But oh. uh, yeah, what, what was I saying? Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, one of the things um, did they talk about it in the movie? I I don't remember them talking about it. Um. I don't think they ever really say what she had. 
Uh, but uh, one of the things that yeah. they're implying that she suffers from is schizophrenia and uh, borderline personality disorder. Oh, was it? Because uh, when did they? What, when, it, what point were they talking supposed, about that? Yeah, well, and they were obviously she's not well. But yeah, no. uh, that was, I guess, the the symptoms and and the stuff that she demonstrates in the film. I guess um, uh, they're kind of implying that she's suffering from schizophrenia and and, and BPD. So, oh, okay. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I loved the after the first kill. He says, "Mother, oh God, mother, blood, blood." Like that's it's the line from the original. The line, like yeah. just, I thought that was perfect. Uh, perfect homage. Apparently, um, Henry Thomas like went so crazy with the knife in that scene. Like he ended up like cutting his one of his fingers and like damaged a nerve, and he still has a scar. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting I, I... tidbit. Um, his father, they say, was stung to death by bees when he was six years old. I can't. I can't think of a worse way to go. I fucking, oh, I hate bees. And just the idea of being stung <laughs> to death by bees. It's like, oh my Which, God. Well, and there was, there's your first clue. At like, if you're, if you hadn't, you know, basically that they're ignoring or Norman's lying, um, the events of Psycho 2 and 3, uh, because her, his dad was stabbed to death by, uh, the woman who was claiming to be his mother. See, I couldn't remember. I was mixing up Bates Motel. And I couldn't remember what they said about his father in two and three. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I honestly don't remember either. Yeah, but this was like th- th- it was just something that just disturbed me in this scene because Nor- mother tickles him at his father's funeral, and then when he laughs, she hits him and yells at him. Like that was just something. It was so simple, but it it was disturbing to me. Is the only word I can think of. Like that was fucked. Yeah, so it's like she's got this like little girl persona. Yeah, and then she's got you know the actual like disturbing mom persona, and it just seems to be going off at a flick of a switch. Mm-hmm. So you never really know who you're talking to at all times. Yeah, weird man. I loved the different transitions between when Norman is in the present and then like the flashbacks he has of the different memories. Um, like. He's in his room, and then he looks outside, and that's him. Him and his mother going on a picnic, for example. Like I, I thought those were those were really well done, and that happens a few times, a number of times throughout the film. I thought those were really cool. Have you guys tried to uh, smash a uh, or to crack a, an apple open like he does in the movie? No, I have not. I've Apparently tried, was... and I don't have the grip strength. I, yeah. I just I'm not strong enough to do that. Apparently, that and was improvised think, because he was supposed yeah, he to stab it. it. <laughs> and yeah. he thought it would be too cheesy, so he tore exactly. it apart instead. I was like, so what? Cool. <laughs> well, it, it just kind of matches the rage that's building within him yeah. as he's telling his story to, uh, yeah. to uh, I guess her name is Fran in the movie. Did you know that Fran Ambrose is the great-grandmother of Dean? <laughs> oh, I wish that was true. That'd be amazing. Oh, I, I, we need to have an interview with Dean Ambrose to figure out if that's where he got his name from. Fran Ambrose. uh, I'll I'll send him a text. Do that for me. Thanks. So then they do the um, the 15 year old boy holding his very attractive mother in his underwear and he gets the first uh, his first erection with his mother. And that happens multiple times throughout. Uh, I think it's later on when they when she's like, oh, you only use that for Oh, she says it like twice for like 
weeing or something. I was like, oh, that's, that's a gross fucking word. Yeah, it's making it's, weeby. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I, again, it shows you know her her like childlike mentality at, yeah. at times where she can't you know say things, but then she will violently attack him, right, yeah. for no reason. Like the it's just and that that comes after the blot me scene. It's like, Blot me, Norman. It's like, oh, like, oh, just, yeah, right, man. <laughs> who, who, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This movie, although I've seen worse, you oh, know, when yeah. it comes to like uneasiness, exactly. it has some pretty uneasy scenes. Again, you know, Definitely. like it is a TV film. Yeah, and this was back in the nineties, or mm-hmm. is it eighty nine or ninety? It's ninety, right? Ninety. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's creepy. It is. It's creepy, and it's it's not vulgar. It's tasteful in a way, mm-hmm. but it just sets your mind racing in exactly. so many incorrect and bad directions. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I do love the fact that the film brings up this nature versus nurture, you know, uh, kind of idea or uh, argument. Um, and that's really like the basis of this whole thing because um, Norman is afraid that his uh, son, that you know, his wife is pregnant, is going to just be evil like he is. And so, obviously, the the nature. But then he's telling us all the story, and it, it basically he's telling us that it's nurture. And so, this this whole nature versus nurture thing is always a fascinating kind of uh, argument for me. And yeah. uh, I think they kind of they present it really well here, and and have a very interesting discussion around it. One thing that bothered the hell out of me was that it took the doctor half the film to conclude that he was talking to Norman Bates. When he was supposed to be the doctor who interrogated him at the end of the original film. Like, how in the fuck, with the shit he was saying, how in the fuck would it take you that long to realize, to, like, you know, conclude that you were talking to Norman Bates? Like, that was so ridiculous. He was kind of a a dunce and and, and had no real way to talk to people either because, I mean, come on. Every time he opened his mouth, the doctor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was just an idiot. You you would think he'd recognize his voice. Um, I think like he's only on there because of his initial interactions with Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's like living off the fame of that. But at the same time, I don't think he was that involved in whatever uh, dealings he had with Norman. Because if he can't recognize one the story, because it's it's guarantee if uh, Fran can get Norman to talk on the phone, that Norman would have told these stories as well to the doctor. But then again, maybe he's embellishing him so much that the doctor doesn't recognize him. But I find that hard to believe. I think the doctor himself was part of a team that was working with him and really had very little interactions with Norman. Because I think well, he, it was more pop, he, more pop than uh, than uh, uh, actual uh, knowledge of the situation. He was supposed to be, the remember the, the character at the end of Psycho, the original? He's supposed to be that guy. Who did yeah. the initial interrogation? Yeah, and if so, he was, then he's that's what blew, he's out of touch. Yeah. yeah, no, I I I had the same issues. Yeah, I love that John Landis was in this. I don't, he's not yes. a good actor. I didn't think, especially in this, but I it, just his look. <laughs> I like the character that he's playing. Like he just wanted the ratings. Like just sleazy and fits perfectly in this mold. Um, and I just enjoy seeing him because John Landis. 
Well, he's got that goofy look that that yeah. would work as a uh, talk show host producer, right? You know, no scruples. He's got the the crazy eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's killed a few people on movie sets before. Uh, you know, so it kind of matches his character. Yeah. And I was actually with the doctor on the idea that they should have. I felt like they really should have gotten the police involved. Um, even if the police weren't on the phone or anything, obviously, like keep him talking. But I really think they should have gotten the police involved sooner than they did because the doctor's like, this is what we need to do and we got to get the police. And they basically said no. Um, and then at the end, you know, they kind of they are heading in that direction because they find out, you know, who's going to be killed and so on. But I was with the doctor thinking that, yes, like this is a serial killer who has murdered before and he said he's going to do it again. Yes. Get the police involved. Yeah, I agree. He should have gotten the police involved a long time ago. Yeah. Um, we got to see some nudity in this one. So not only the, the, the girl from the beginning, who was very cute, we also get Olivia Hussey. Yes. And that was and that's fantastic. It's the second time I see her naked now because she's also naked in the exploitation film Turkey Shoot. Oh, man. I just, I wanted to see that one for a long time. I never have. It's not bad. I yes. reviewed it uh, last year for the uh, Alpha Dezuda Alpha Challenge. Yeah, very good. Um, man, I instantly hated Chet, and we're supposed to, because obviously <laughs> this is the character we're being introduced through through Norman's eyes only. And man, they what a like he's just so we- like he has this like lazy eye thing going on. And you know who he reminded me of, and I don't know if it was who? intentional or not. Chet from Weird Science. I thought the same thing. (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't think that, but I love it. Bill Paxton, Paxton, if he was older, would have been perfect for that role. Oh, man, absolutely. (laughs) That's so funny. And the boxing one, the boxing scene, it's just another one that was unsettling to me. Like, Chet was just a gross, strange guy. And, And like, I don't know, like, obviously he had mental issues as well. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Norma is hot right yeah so does he realize she's nuts or is he as nuts as she is and because of that he thinks that she's normal i feel like it's a free meal ticket like she let him he's getting a divorce she let him move in gotta yeah work at his place you know what i mean and she's hot fuck I yeah too why not you know <laughs> and then norman gets who's still he's got to be maybe he's 2021 20, at this point maybe but he gets this girl who has this woman who has to be 30 years older than him, I feel like. And oh, she was probably in her 40s. Well, it was the same woman that was with uh, the guy who had plugged his toilet. Oh, was it? It was the same. So I'm assuming she's a lady of the night. Yeah, you're right then. I didn't I didn't catch that at all. But yeah, that would make sense. She's just you a lady of the night. You do love those ladies of the night. I'm, I'm being very poetic with my terminology. <laughs> Oh, you poet, you. I thought her death scene was pretty fucking brutal. Uh, it's just violent. Like, she, he chokes her out. She doesn't die. And then she gets up and it, like, chokes her out again. It's just difficult to watch. And then, even creepier, she starts pounding on the fucking trunk lid as the car is being submerged underwater. And then you kind of hear her drown. Like, man, what a shitty way to go. That poor lady of the night. Yeah, yeah, uh. You know, strangulated and then uh, drowned. Yeah, it's fucked, man. K- kind of sucks. I'd rather get stabbed. <laughs> Ugh. I love that Norman describes taxidermy at one point as his, quote, passion. 
and that's why he thought he could keep his mother with him. Like, how fitting, how perfect, because it is his passion. Like, ah, just so crazy to me. But it, it, it works so well. Um, also loved Norman's breakdown as he admits that he's, uh, admits basically why he's going to kill his wife. Like, uh, Anthony Perkins, it, it's just, he does such a great job with that breakdown. Like, it was just genuinely disturbing. Um, and he's like, I, I did like his, all his little jabs at like faith and religion that Norman tosses in there. It kind of gives you an idea of where he's coming from. Um, it just, that was just a fascinating scene to me. I really like that. Well, I just like the the reason why he's doing it, you know, mm-hmm. why he wants to kill uh, kill his wife. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, is he married or is he engaged? I he's think married. he's in. They're married. He's, he's he married, said his right? Wife. So he's, he's married. He, okay, yeah. which again, weird, right? I know exactly. Um, I skipped again, my comment not, on that, but yeah. And, and and then not knowing that this is a reimagination of uh, this is technically Psycho two point five, right? Um. So I'm thinking, how the fuck did he get a girl after you know killing all these people in Psycho Three and going back in the in the loony bin? Mm-hmm. Um, so now knowing that it's after you know Psycho One only, yeah, uh, I I could maybe get it because so much time has elapsed. Yeah. But then the fact that you know he never wanted kids, she wanted kids, mm-hmm. and she's pregnant, and the reason yeah, he wants she's... to kill her is so that his bloodline ends with him. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I actually enjoy mm-hmm. that a lot. You know, yeah. yeah. It's like dying on your sword. Like, I'm so messed up. I'm aware I'm so messed up. Right. Uh, that I can't let this gene continue. And I told you. And we've had this discussion a hundred times. We're not going to have a kid. And you said, okay. And then you stopped taking your birth control pills without telling me? Like, that's... Yeah. That's a fucked up relationship they got going on there, man. Fucked up it, dynamic. It really is. It really is. So back in kind of the flashback, we see Norman murder his mom and Chet. And I loved how his mom drinking the the, the iced tea, it became a, a literal dance. Like she's dancing with this cup of iced tea. And it was just so, uh, I don't know, just like almost poetic to see if she's actually going to drink this. We obviously know she's going to, but like, you know, when and what's going to happen and just mm-hmm. ah, it was fascinating. I thought it was really well done how it turned into just this this dance with this cup with this glass of iced tea. Yeah, very cool. Now, did anybody finish uh, Bates Motel the series, the TV series? No, I never watched any of it. I only got through the first season, so I'm just curious to see how that series ends and how it intertwines with the films we've watched. Oh yeah, apparently sure, uh, I, don't know. I, I looked it up. Uh, do you want? Apparently the like series the second the last season of yeah. Bates Motel is uh slightly gonna altered be retelling of uh of the first film. Uh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really watched spoilers, it, so I don't know yeah, it's not really spoilers. Right. It's just it's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that the stairs struck again. <laughs> you get them uh, again <laughs> a couple again. times here. Uh, they don't Im- implicitly kill anybody in this one like they have in the past, but they definitely play a part in uh, injuring people, that's for sure, and hurting them as they fall down. But uh, And then there's like this one random-ass jump scare out of fucking nowhere scared the shit out of me because we're watching Norman watch his mom die. Then all of a sudden, Chet jumps in out of fucking nowhere. I was like, <laughs> holy shit, man. 
Did Where you, the hell did this jump cry? scare come from? Did, did I, you cry? <laughs> just like one or two tears. I mean, no big deal, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that one got me. Um, And then another little homage to the original. After the he kills both of them, what does he do? He randomly pulls out this bag of candy corn and starts eating candy corn as his mom and, and Chet lay there dead. I enjoyed that. I yeah. thought there were some cute elements and cute little, uh, I guess, Easter eggs right. uh, in the film. And this was one of them. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I was well made. I like that little, exactly. little touch. And I think it's because they have the original writer in there that, that really was able to be done so so well. Oh, sure. And then we get to kind of the, the ending of the film here. And, um, uh, you know, he hangs up with um, uh, Fran the radio host and uh we're basically staying real time now um and uh he's calls connie to meet her at the at his mother's house and it's like come on connie like you knowingly married a psychopathic serial killer and now he wants to meet you at the location where he murdered almost a dozen people like please be smart about this like you're a fucking <laughs> psychologist or psychiatrist whatever the hell you are like i think she's like a psych nurse eh? that and that could be it too yeah yeah, that that makes more sense. But um so and then when she gets there and Norman pulls the knife out, she has an opportunity to leave. But instead she closes the front door and then tries to head downstairs. Like why why would you why would you do that? You had plenty of time to get out. Could have gotten to the car, you could have got the fuck away, but instead you decide to fake out the door and head to the basement? Like that didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, I that wasn't was one really of the- sure. Uh, I wasn't really sure on that one either. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, out of a film that's actually pretty smart with the way it ties everything up, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought that was kind of forced as well. Yeah, definitely. And then you kind of have what feels like it's supposed to be this happy ending of sorts where like she's basically talk, telling him, you know, I love you and my baby, our baby will be fine. But And then they hug and she's like, man, I, I don't have the feeling that this is like a happy ending. Like, the motherfucker just tried to uh, attempted to murder you, his pregnant wife, and now you're gonna act like nothing happened. Like, I don't know. That's pretty fucked, man. Well, the way you see it, it's kind of like the way. I guess that's Norman's way of having a spat with, with, yeah. with your loved one, but he just takes it to the extreme, you know? Right, right. Oh man. Yeah. Bridget, so it's just Bridget has it good. God damn! I'll have, have to show her this movie. She's lucky. You're such a catch. Thank you. Finally, somebody says it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. 131 episodes, and finally, someone agrees with me. Anyway, I thought it was very fitting that Norman fell through the fucking staircase at the end there. That just made me laugh. And then, like, the whole ending had this, like, grand finale feel to it, um, which I felt was fitting, seeing as it really is, like, the end of the series proper. Uh, I would have, and again, at this point, I didn't realize that we're, you know, kind of retconning two and three. I would have loved to have seen like the ghosts of some of the other victims from the other films pop up because we see all the victims from this film. And I thought that would have been a really cool way to tie things, uh, tie things together and a really cool way to drive it home. It would have been really cool if they all showed up and then they just tell Norman not to commit suicide. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been. Exactly. Then it would have have been really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. they They blew that. Norman, build a fountain outside. <laughs> and this one ends with another on the line, I'm free. But 
there's no like winks to the camera or nods to the camera or severed hands this time around. Just, you know, trying to give a genuinely happy ending to this yes. crazy film. Yeah. So that is Psycho 4. So anything else you would like to add to this one or should we jump to our final thoughts on our star rating? Um, well, from what I've read, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Perkins, it was a bit of a nightmare to, to be, uh, yeah. to, it was a bit of a nightmare on scene, uh, on, uh, on Set. stage and had issues with Mick Garris. Apparently Garris said that it was, he was the hardest person he ever had to direct, yeah. which, uh, is a little surprising since, you know, he did like Perkins did direct Psycho 3, mm-hmm. so he knows how difficult it could be at times. So to give the director such an issue for Psycho 4, I'm actually surprised by that. So I'm not sure if it's because it was a Showtime film and not a big-time theatrical release. Maybe that's why he was a bit of a diva. Apparently, as well, he was going through um, some uh, his medication for his, for his HIV, yeah. which might maybe have caused issues with the system. Who knows? Right. But, uh, yeah, apparently he was not the most well-liked guy. Hmm. And, and and to be honest, like, and apart from, like, the end, all he did was stay in the kitchen and talk on the phone. Right. So, yeah, it wasn't exactly. a very involved production for him, you know? Right. But it is his Which, baby. I wonder if that had anything – I mean, maybe probably not, but I wonder if that had anything to do with his um, with his AIDS or uh, HIV. That's what he had, right? Uh, I'm assuming, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, again. I, I shouldn't assume, right. but I'm thinking, you know, maybe the medication kind of, you know, yeah, kept things, you know, just and just spun them the wrong direction. Who knows? Right, right. All right. So, Ash, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Psycho Four: The Beginning? Um, I was, uh, I, I when I started watching this, and and I watched it in the original format it was intended to be seen on showtime so there was no letterbox here this was four three formatting yeah. for the tv um right away it felt like a made for tv movie but at the same time uh they were doing things that fit really well with the series as a whole and it fell in line with like what what hitchcock did with the first film and i think you know especially with the script um I I thought they managed to make it interesting. They made it tense. It doesn't feel like one of those stupid prequel movies. It's you know we're kind of getting you know Norman's past filtered through Norman, uh, which I thought was interesting. And and I still think Perkins has it. I still think you know he, he did a fantastic job with this. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually liked this better than Psycho two and three. Um, and I given it three and a half out of four. Very good, excellent. So three and a half stars from Ash. And what about you, Mark? Um, I was kind of cringing to the fact that we were leading up to a fourth cycle again. Not having seen any of these films, I couldn't assume cycle four would have been any good, <laughs> and uh, I was quite surprised by it. Um. I thought it was really well made. Um, again, cringing at the fact that it was a flashback film. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it had boobs, which I think it's the first time that we saw nipples in the series. So hooray for that. Um, that's not true. We remember the whole nude scene. Oh, in, uh, th- I'm three. three. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, well, I'm retconning two and three. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
funny enough, it was that I'm smoking thinking, hottie too. I can't remember her name, but she was the kind of a scream queen of her own right. You're right. I'm just thinking Olivia Hussey. I'm like nothing's going to beat Olivia Hussey in the Psycho <laughs> series. But you're right. I'm full of uh, yeah. Completely forgot about Psycho three for a moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was really well made, and the fact that it's a, a Showtime movie um, is you know is awesome because Showtime films and HBO films and even Cinemax films, you know, they're actually pretty good production wise. This one did not feel like it was made for pay, uh, pay TV. This felt theatrical. It felt theatrical for its time. Um, so it, not that it duped me, but you know, not that it was trying to, um, but I thought it was polished. And then when it comes to Anthony Perkins to reprise a role for a fourth time, um, he hasn't skipped a beat. He's got the same mannerisms and cadence that he did in the first film, which I assumed going to two, three, and four, he would have kind of lost that with his age and he hasn't. Um, I'm enamored by this character. I, I really do like Norman Bates and I might actually give Bates Motel, the TV show, um, the one that is successful, um, another try if I can find the time to, to fit it into my schedule. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's actually didn't like that. I remember you saying I, I didn't. And the reason why I was kind of, I wasn't hate watching, but I was watching because it, as a horror fan, I felt I had to watch the first season while it was being aired on A&E. Mm. And uh, it just wasn't for me because I never liked the, the film, but I never gave the films any chances. And now that I have, I'm willing to give the show another chance. Um, I can't imagine how Gus Van Sant's version next week is going to be. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> should be interesting. Um, but uh, I, I actually love this one. I thought every film was good in its own way. But I thought this was the best out of the sequels. Um, so I will give this three out of four stars. Excellent. Yeah. So three stars from Mark and uh, three and a half from Ash. Yeah. So I feel like we are basically on the same page. Like we, and it's probably coming from Bates Motel. I, we all would agree that we just didn't expect this. And that's absolutely what I was writing down also. Like I just, it did things a lot differently than I expected. Um, like I mentioned, like I thought this would be a straight prequel and it's not, you know, this is a sequel and it just uses flashback really well. Um, though I, you know, I feel like maybe it tried to wrap things up into uh too pretty of a bow for my liking at the end there. I thought it actually worked a lot better than I ever would have imagined it working. Um, and then I go on to mention the fact that you have to be willing to suspend your disbelief because of the fact that they let Norman out back out and blah, blah, blah. But that's obviously if we're, you know, we found out now that we are retconning, um, two and three, so we can kind of, uh, you know, that makes more sense now. But it doesn't if you're not knowing that and watching through it like we we all did. But anyway, um, you know, even if you don't know it, if you can go with all that, there's a hell of a lot to enjoy here. Um, this film proves, I feel like, my theory right, that Anthony Perkins is a better actor when he isn't also wearing the director's hat. As his performance here goes back to the original level of excellence that we knew prior to Psycho 3. Because um, uh, I thought his performance really dropped off in Psycho 3. Uh, but here it's back back up there again. We didn't really talk about him too much, but Henry Thomas as young Norman, I thought was fantastic. Um, and then obviously him along with Olivia Hussey, like they just, they fucked with my mind uh, being creepy and, and hot as mother. It was, I don't know, it was just so great. Uh, CCH Pounder is awesome, uh, keeping uh, the talk show segments of the film interesting as well. 
So overall, stellar cast. They do a great work with what they're given. Um, and it feels like it, just a great way to wrap up Norman's story. Um, though I don't really buy into that whole and they lived happily ever after kind of nonsense that the ending tried to hint at a little bit. I do love the idea that Norman is going to have a child. And I'd love to see someone try to tackle a Psycho 5 at some point in my lifetime. I would watch it. I think it'd be fascinating. Hell, maybe that's the first film the Cinefessions podcast crew is going to write. Psycho 5. I'm excited about that one. But anyway, either way, Psycho 4 puts the series back on track after the disappointing Psycho 3. At least it was for me. Um, and it, I thought it finished things up in a really entertaining, interesting, and just a really strong way. So I'm giving Psycho 4 the beginning 3 out of 4 stars. So two three-star ratings and a three-and-a-half-star rating. Very, very good. Very pleased that we watched through this whole thing. Now, obviously, we have Psycho Remake next week, um, but that's going to do, do things for tonight. Uh, so next Monday, June 4th, like I mentioned, we are going to wrap up this arc with our review of Gus Van Sant's remake from 1998. So definitely join us for that. And remember, for this arc at least, we are doing just our weekend media segment, Anime Review. Uh, for the week to keep things short so if you guys have any suggestions on something else you'd like to see added to the show please let us know hit us up on at cinefessions on twitter instagram youtube or facebook email us at contact or even give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK we offer up plenty of ways for you guys to get in touch with us so please don't be shy reach out and let your opinions be heard and then another reminder that if you do like what you're hearing please leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Those positive views help us uh, reach a larger audience. So we really appreciate you taking the time to do that and for telling your friends about the show. And Ash, reminder listeners, where else they can find you online? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Tumblr, uh, DHGF, DHGF ASHE. Wow, I'm doing great tonight. <laughs> Excellent. And Mark, where else can we find you online? You can find me on Letterboxd and on Instagram at mnado 2 That's M-N-A-D-E-A-U-02. And on Twitter at Mark with a C underscore Nado. Excellent. You can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1 and on Letterboxd under that same name. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right, boys, we have made it through the series proper. Are you ready for the remake next week? No. <laughs> I'm strapped in for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because I watched parts of this when I was when I was young. And like right when it first came out on VHS, I feel like. And I never watched the whole thing. And I don't remember much of anything except one particular moment, which I'll talk about when we go through it. But I'm very interested to see how this remake holds up, uh, if it does at all. So I'm excited for next week. All right, so we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening to episode 131 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.